You're listening to Behind the Design Podcast, your digital version of co-working that takes you behind the scenes on how to create an authentic brand, build an intentional business, and live a life with purpose every single day. I'm your host and brand guru, Olivia Silvestro, equipping you with the tools to wake up every day doing what you love and make money doing it. I'm so excited you're here. Let's get to it. Hi, Carrie. Hi, Olivia. How are you today? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm so good. I'm so glad to have you here. Um, Guys, Carrie is the founder and CEO of Feathered Arrow, a creative company specializing in wedding planning and design, lifestyle photography, and creating prints for your home, as well as the host of a business podcast for entrepreneurs, The Local Table. Carrie, I'm so excited to have you here. I know we're going to be chatting all about business and entrepreneurship and all of that stuff. So I'm so glad that you're here. Perfect. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to uh, connect with you and just get to chat about all things business and life and entrepreneurship. It's an interesting time we're in. So yeah, it it'll be definitely is. So yeah, for sure. So we can just keep it all out on the table for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, so before we get into like the interview and just like me asking you questions and all of that stuff, um, I'm just going to ask them like icebreaker questions. So sure. what is your morning routine? I'm like super adamant about morning routines and making like starting your day off with a good start. So what do you have a morning routine? And if so, what is it? Yeah, that's such a good question. Um, I'm like nervous about these icebreakers. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, I, so it's really interesting because I am definitely someone who will like get into the groove of something for a while and then like I can also easily fall off. So like we just got back from a road trip and so this week I've been like trying to get back into the routine and just, um, sometimes it's hard, you know, when you're just like tired and, um, you know, things are kind of like thrown off your like normal schedule, but Um, something that I tried to implement, um, actually during quarantine when, you know, life slowed down a little bit and I wasn't leaving the house to like go to my office space to work. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I actually, I have always tried for years to wake up early and work out, but I've discovered that I don't really enjoy that as much. Yeah. Um, so now I've kind of, I I'm trying to get back into this routine again, but I love like waking up in the morning and making coffee is sort of the first thing I do. And then really like some quiet time, just, um, not diving into emails and Instagram, but, uh, reading a book or, um, I have like a gratitude journal that I was doing for a while as well, which I need to get back into, but kind of just having that quiet time. I love like opening the windows in the morning. Um, I live in Los Angeles, so mm-hmm. we, we have AC, but we don't ever really turn it on. So yeah. it's like <laughs> air is the best way, you know, to get some fresh air and cool the house down. Um, and it's just so nice. Like sometimes I'll sit outside. Um, so really just like having coffee in that quiet time to myself in the morning, it really just like sets me up for a a good day ahead and not feeling so bombarded and overwhelmed with, you know, emails and Instagram and all of that. Cause uh, like when I dive right into work in the morning, it, it feels, my day feels more rattled and I just don't feel as put together. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I think, um, I think it's so important that you establish a morning routine that works best for you. Like I remember when I was like, okay, like a few years ago, I was going to establish a morning routine. I was like, well, this person wakes up at 5am and they work out and then they do all these things and I'm (laughs) going to do that too. And it's like, that is not how I am energetically in the morning. I don't like doing that. I like doing exactly what you said, like waking up and like reading and journaling and just like sitting on the couch and drinking my coffee. That's way better for like my mental health than waking up and working out. A hundred percent. Cause especially like I, I'm not a morning person and I've always tried to be. And like you were saying, like I've read these books where it's like, but you know, you do your best work at 5am in the morning. And I was just like, that's not me. I'm so tired. I, I can't focus. And I, 
I've just found for myself, like I focus best later in the day or at night, honestly. Um, but I just really value like that slow, like time in the morning because it feels like the world is kind of moving slowly. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, like, I, I mean, you know, when you do work out in the morning, you're like, Oh, I feel so good. I'm ready for the day. But then I kind of feel like I've lost the time to like sit and have coffee and like read a book or journal or whatever that is. So I've kind of been okay with like, you know what? I have the whole day to do whatever I want because I'm my own boss. So I can work out, you know, at noon or in the afternoon or whatever feels best for my body. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, that's so true. Um, Okay, so pre-COVID, what is the favorite your favorite place that you've traveled to? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I've done a lot of traveling, um, so that's a hard one. I I would say, sort of from recent travels, I went to Iceland a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And that was amazing. We went probably one of the, during one of the coldest times, it was like mid February, I believe. Yeah. Um, and it was so cold over there. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but it was just like such a fun trip. I went with a bunch of girlfriends and, um, yeah, we just had so much fun, like driving around and like saw glaciers and, um, it's just like a really, really beautiful country. Um, and then I, I would say another place that I've gone recently to is Hawaii. And I had gone there the first time maybe two years ago. And it was just so relaxing and like such a nice, nice trip. We got to stay at like a friend's um, parents' house and um, they had like a pool. And so it was just like the most relaxed I had felt yeah. in a long time. So that's yeah, a, those were two. That's amazing. I've never been to Iceland Um that's definitely a place like on my list, especially because I live on the East Coast. It's like so close. Yeah. Like, a lot of yeah, Europe we, is really close for us. Yeah, we actually did. Um, I think they dissolved the the airline, but um, we went on this airline called Wow Airlines. And because we were trying to do it super cheap, I think we got ticket round trip tickets for like $350, which is oh insanity. Um, it cost me more to fly home to the Midwest typically. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> <from LA. laughs> um, I mean, the plane there, we had like a nice big plane. It, it's kind of like the equivalent of Spirit Airlines. Like you really don't have any amenities. Yeah. Um, but the flight home was like pretty awful. They had us on like a really small plane and none of us were sitting together. And so that was a little janky, but yeah. um, it was totally like worth it. We were like, I would do it again because it was yeah, for a fun sure. trip. Yeah. yeah, I love that. I I do a lot of traveling myself too. So I definitely know what it's like flying <laughs> other airlines. Yeah. Like, How is this <laughs> even legal? Like, yeah, you're like, well, um, I guess I saved like $500. So, you know, yeah. for a little bit of uncomfortable, you know, uncomfortability. Yeah, for sure. And where'd you go in Hawaii? Um, we went to the big island. So oh, we flew nice. to Kona. Yeah. And which the big island is so massive. Yeah. Um, but we like drove to the other side, which I believe is like Hilo area. Yeah. Um, and it's really interesting because the big Island on the Kona side, it's not as like lush and tropical as you would think. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side, they get way more rain. So it's way, you know, more lush and tropical over there. So yeah. we kind of had the best of both worlds. Yeah. That's awesome. I used to live in San Diego. I lived there for like five years and we okay. went to Hawaii like right before we moved back to the East Coast because we were like, well, we should do it now. Well, it's only five hours away. Um, yeah. But we went to Kauai and it was so, so beautiful. We do wish that we went to like, like we kind of like combined them like that we did Kauai and another um, mm-hmm. place yeah. um, because it was really, really beautiful and it did take still a long time to get there. Um, but it For was sure. so nice. It's crazy that it's still America. I know, right? <laughs> like we were it's like, so are we in a different bizarre. country? Or like, we kept re- being like, okay, we don't need to bring our passports. Like, we kept reminding ourselves that like we're Same. still in the states, <laughs> or like we didn't need a different currency. Yeah, it was yeah. Like, oh yeah, this is America. <laughs> yeah, I kept thinking that. I was like, okay, wait, this is still the states. Like, <laughs> yeah. And they, so Kona, I believe it's interesting because they're like three hours behind. Um, yeah. 
LA and I just remember all of us like our bodies were so off we were like going to bed at like 8 30 at night and waking uh, up at like 5 a.m and feeling so refreshed and that's the only time in my life that I've ever done that like yeah the entire week and we were just like it feels so good to be up at like 5 a.m and just yeah. like enjoy the sunrise right yeah, it was really really beautiful yeah that's awesome I love that I miss traveling I had so many trips planned this year that just got canceled I know I know same huge bummer um okay awesome and then what is one book that every entrepreneur should read oh that's a good question um I would say a a book that um I read recently was The Joy of Missing Out by Tanya Dalton oh I've heard of that and it's so good because I am definitely, I I mean, it kind of played into like, it's a little bit of like personal and professional life because, um, like I'm somebody who definitely has FOMO. It's definitely decreased during quarantine. Cause I'm like, okay, people aren't hanging out without me. Like I'm not missing stuff when I'm working on the weekends. Um, but it was just so like a different perspective and it's really great because throughout the book and like the end of each chapter um if you like go onto her website you can sign up for like um prompts at the end of each chapter and kind of like worksheets that you can work through to help you that's cool um but it really just helps you kind of train your mindset to not think that you're like missing out on everything and to like I guess really find more of that joy in your life of of doing less and like being content and happy with that. Um, yeah. cause she talks about how she was just like living her life, you know, full speed ahead and always feeling like she was missing out on everything. Um, and really it like comes down to prioritizing, you know, your life and like what's really important to you and saying no is okay. Um, you know, a lot of times I think some of us just say yes, because we don't want to let the other person down. And, you know, at the end of the day, we're letting ourselves down because it's like, oh man, I really didn't want to do that. Um, and so it really just helps you like evaluate, like, how are you, you know, running your business? And then, that obviously is bleeding into your personal life and you know how are you managing those things and letting yourself be like you know what I'm gonna shut my phone off at 6 p.m and I'm gonna spend time with my family instead of thinking like what emails am I missing out on stuff like that so it's a really good book um it's a quick read and I I recommend it I I actually want to read it again and go back and finish all of the the worksheets and everything yeah I want to read that right now that sounds so good. Yeah, cool. it's yeah, it's it's a good time to re- to read right now. So we yeah, have for sure. Like the middle of last month, I was like super overwhelmed. I just felt like I had like a lot of like client stress. I had like um fr- not friend stress, but like I'm the maid of honor in a wedding, so I was like mm. planning that, and then just like with COVID, and then the Black My- Lives Matter, and just like all that stuff. Where I was like, I'm turning my phone off. Like I need this yeah. phone to be off. I need a break. Like I need to like sit with my thoughts and digest and like all of this stuff. So, and it was so I was like nervous for whatever reason, but after a day, I was like, wow, this is amazing. I kind of wish I just didn't have a phone. <laughs> I know it's so nice. So on our road trip, we, um, my boyfriend and I went to visit my parents and we went to like the lake near our, my parents' house for a week. And, um, it's always so busy up there over the 4th of July, which even with COVID, it was still really busy. Yeah. But, um, my parents don't have Wi-Fi at their place there. And so, um, the like, Verizon network is so like overwhelmed with people in that like area because it's a smaller town that like my service is just super slow. So I didn't really like check my email very often, like couldn't even get on Instagram. And it was just really refreshing after like, you know, the frustration of the first day where you're like, man, this sucks. Like I just don't know what other people are doing. It was actually really nice to just like disconnect and be present and not not care what was going on because like you were saying, I also just needed a break. I was just feeling so overwhelmed by like all the news cycles and media that it was just like, I, for my own mental health, like I just need a break. 
Yeah, I completely agree. Like it's, and that's like something to be said. So like, I don't sleep with my phone in my room and like, I make Mm. sure that I do my whole like morning routine without my phone and like all that stuff, because I know that, you know, like your brain goes into that reactive rather than, you know, digesting and like picking and choosing what you can focus on and what you want to digest. Totally. And I I think too, because I'm definitely guilty of it a lot and I'm trying to like break the habit of, you know, you wake up and you know, you roll over and you're like, okay, I'm going to look at my phone. And I just think like, for me, it's almost this aspect of needing to just be happy with myself and my own thoughts in the morning versus trying to see what's going on in the world or other people's lives, like what I missed in the last seven hours of sleep, (laughs) you know, it's just like waking up and being content with what's happening in your own space at that time. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, Okay, amazing. I loved that. So let's get into some of the questions. So first things first, um, tell us your story. So how did you get started? Um, how long have you been in business? All of the good stuff. Yeah. So I, so originally, um, so I went to college in Iowa and, um, I got a degree in like nonprofit work and also event planning. So I've kind of been in the event planning world for a while, but, um, I moved out to LA about eight and a half years ago and, um, worked at a company called Tom's shoes. And so I worked Mm -hmm. there for a while, like in their marketing department. Um, and then like two and a half years later, so I got laid off from there. And so I was doing the whole job search thing and, um, knew that I wanted to be in the event planning world. And I had also been doing a lot of photography at the time. And so I was like, maybe I should start my own business. Um, I, and it was like one of those moments where you're like, I think I could actually get paid to like do something I enjoy doing <laughs> instead yeah. of just kind of like doing it for free for friends. And so during the job search, I came across this wedding planner in the area and she was looking for an intern. And so I was like, well, I don't really need a free internship right now. I need an actual job. And so I emailed her and just asked her if she had any spots open. And she, um, actually was like, I'm looking for, you know, part-time assistant. And it was super part-time, but I started working with her and got a ton of experience in wedding planning. Um, and I just loved it. I really fell in love with it. And at the same time, I had shot a couple, um, weddings for friends, like for being their photographer. And I just realized I didn't want to do that aspect of the wedding planning industry. And so I was like, you know what, I actually really love planning the wedding instead of taking pictures at it. So, um, my boss, I worked with her for about eight months and then she moved to Chicago with her family. And so she was like, Hey, I'll send you, you know, any clients or inquiries that I get in California. Um, and she had passed off a client of hers to me as well to just kind of like finish out since she was leaving And so that kind of prompted me to start my own business, Feathered Arrow. Mm -hmm. And um, I've been in business for a little over five years. And I, it's kind of evolved a little bit. Um, I've always kind of done the wedding planning side and then, you know, still doing lifestyle photography. I wasn't really advertising the photography as much, but um, it's kind of evolved. And so I... And sort of making, you know, Feathered Arrow to just be like this creative business where we do wedding planning uh, for clients and I'm still offering lifestyle photography, you know, headshots, portraits, helping businesses do, you know, branding photos, whatever that looks like. Um, And I'm going to be launching a print shop soon as well. So um, selling prints of, you know, travels, nature, all that kind of stuff. So people can hang it in their home or their office or wherever. And then about a year ago, I also started my business podcast called The Local Table. So it's kind of evolved into multiple facets, which is really fun. But yeah, it's kind of a crazy story of how I got started. But um, it's something that I've always just, I I was like, I knew I wanted to be my own boss and have that um, creative control and just being able to like have my own schedule. And I've really 
I've loved it. It's been a roller coaster for sure. A lot of hard work and ups and downs, but um, it's been a really fun journey. Yeah, for sure. Um, That's amazing. And I think the biggest like takeaway from that is knowing that it's not always going to be linear and kind of starting before you're ready. So like, obviously you weren't ready to get laid off, but you were like, okay, now what can I do? I want to do something that I love and I have the opportunity now, um, for time, which is not something that we all, you know, get all the time. That's like, you know, the abundance of time is the biggest gift of all. So, um, yeah. yeah, And I I think, Oh, sorry. Um, when I got laid off, you know, I, it was something that I was like looking to do. It was sort of, but it felt like one of those things where like looking back, it was such a blessing because I got let go and, you know, got compensated and stuff. But I even, when I started my business, I was still working. I found like a part-time job with a startup company. And so I was like working part-time and, you know, trying to run my business. And I think like two years later, we mutually parted ways because they needed someone full-time. And I was like, I know I don't, I can't do that because I really want to focus on my business. And so I really leapt into taking my business full-time and way before I think I would have ever done it you know, on my own without just like getting let go from that job too. Yeah. And so... I think, you know, looking back, I don't know if I would have done it, you know, because a lot of people are like, feel stable, you know, make sure you have enough money. But yeah, I was like, I'm so glad I did it because it made me like work my butt off to get more clients. And even though a lot of months were super scary, I was like, I have no idea where money is going to come from. Like it ended up working out. And I think it really pushed me to just work really hard to make that happen. Yeah, I agree. I'm like an all an all or nothing person. So mm-hmm. I like, I don't know, I I couldn't work my full time job and yeah. have my side hustle. Like that's just not my personality. Um, so like I did take the leap and did not have a big savings, but I just was like, this is a non negotiable, like it's gonna work out. Yeah. So same. I think that like when you have that grit, like I mean, that's kind of what I think sets entrepreneurs apart from everyone else where it's like, okay, we see, you know, a gap in the market. We want to pursue our passions and we're just going to do it. There's no like, what if it doesn't work out? Like there's no plan B. Yeah, for sure. It's yeah, the best way to, to get your business going. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, when you're responsible for your income and your livelihood, it really makes you work your butt off. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. So what do you think is the biggest lesson that you've learned in the first, in these last five years of owning your business? Yeah. Um, man, I feel like I've definitely learned a lot. Um, I think two, I know you said one thing, but I think two things that really stand out to me. Um, I think one, just having more compassion for myself. I definitely think like it's through the ups and downs. Like I've had some serious peaks and some serious valleys and Mm -hmm. um, especially I'm such a people person. And so for like three and a half, four years, I had an office space like in my bedroom. Um, And that was really hard because I couldn't really separate you know, like going to sleep and like going to work because it was all just like right there. Yeah. Um, and then eventually I got a different apartment and then I was like, you know, working down in like a different room in the house. And, um, last year I got a space at WeWork. Um, and so it was just nice to finally like grow and like be able to get in different spaces, but just really having compassion for myself and like, celebrating the wins and not being so hard on myself. And because, so I've lived with my cousin for a long time and she was like, you work so much and you work so hard. And like, there was part of me that just like, couldn't ever see that. And so like looking back, I'm like, you know what? I really did work hard. And I think it's hard for us to see when we're like in the thick of it or like in a really low valley of like, no one's booking me or, you know, I had a great, like, for me, it was like, I had really great, you know, consultation calls 
and then that client wouldn't book me. And so I would be so hard on myself of like, what did I do wrong? Like, why don't these people want to work with me? Um, and I think like looking back now, I've gotten way better just being able to like, you know what, if they don't want to work with me, that's fine. We clearly weren't a fit because I know yeah. other people are going to come. Um, and I think that's also just being more confident in who I am, who my brand is. And so, yeah, I think having some compassion for myself through those ups and downs. Um, and the second thing is, uh, I probably would have outsourced some work a little bit sooner. Yeah. Even though when I did it, it felt very scary because I was like, I don't have the money to pay other people. <laughs> yeah. And, um, I think that's everyone's hang up. Right. And it's like, at the yeah. end of the day, you're free. Like for me, time is money because I provide a service. Yeah. And so being able to, uh, pay someone else to just help me with things that I didn't really enjoy doing. And that would always fall to the bottom of my list. And so a couple of years ago, I hired one of the girls that was always assisting me with weddings. I was like, she was a stay at home mom, um, and kind of starting her own business. And I was like, Hey, would you want to blog for me weekly and like run my Pinterest and stuff? And so we've been doing that consistently for the past couple of years. And it's been so helpful. It's just, it's crazy. Like she works maybe 10 to 12 hours a month. Mm -hmm. And like that time is so freeing to me. And I just feel like, oh, I have a team. And it allows me to free up time to do other things that are more important and able to grow the business as well. So yeah. I think outsourcing things that you really aren't good at or that you don't enjoy because it takes people like it takes me 10 times longer to do it. So right. And I say like, that all the time. I'm like, stay in your genius zone. Like that is why people yeah. hire me because sure you can DIY design and you can use Canva and all that stuff. But like, it's not the best use of your time and yeah. you're going to have to redo it anyway. So yeah. like, it's so true. And I am a huge proponent on outsourcing. Like all the listeners know, like, because your true flow state is in your genius zone and your genius zone is like doing what your actual business is. So that's for you. Like, planning and photography and all that stuff. Because if you are not in that, then you're not like, there's someone out there that can do the things that you need to be done way faster than you can and better. Totally. Yeah. And I, I forget, I was listening to a podcast a couple of years ago um, about this because I also outsource my bookkeeping because I was like, I hate doing the numbers. Like I, yeah. I know my numbers, but I want someone else to like manage all of the finance and just so it's like ready for my tax person at the end of the year. Yeah. And, but on the podcast, I remember you pay quarterly. Her, yeah. And I, <laughs> I remember, um, on the podcast, she was talking about like, it's not only things in your business. It's like things that, you know, in your personal life, like if you don't have time to cook meals or enjoy it, um, you know, it's getting like, what is it? Fresh. Uh, hello, um, fresh. Hello, fresh. Or, you know, like hiring, you know, someone to clean your house because like that's four hours of time that maybe you can save on a Saturday to hang out with your family or your kids or. Yeah. Your and so it was just really eye opening to be like, it's not always like, oh, you're so fancy. It's such a luxury that you get to do that. And it's like, no, it's like actually giving me time back so that I can take care of myself so that I can actually make more money in my business yeah. because I paid someone $150 to clean my house, you know? Yeah, 100%. Um, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. So that was really, really eye-opening to me. Like, yeah, I'm not going to feel guilty for that. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I outsource literally everything. Like I use Instacart. I get my tampons delivered. Like I literally outsource nice. everything <laughs> because that's how I am. Like I would rather be, you know, working and then like going to the grocery store is the vein of my existence. Like I literally mm -hmm. hate going to the grocery store. I don't mind cooking, but I don't like going to the grocery store. Yeah. So unless I have like all the time in the world. So mm -hmm. I started doing Instacart and it's literally the best thing in the world because I can order things. Like I literally ordered groceries last night while laying on a float in the lake. Like I nice. was <laughs> on a float ordering my groceries and they got delivered. Like it was the best thing ever. And 
before this, I would have been like, oh my God, that's so lazy that you order right. like your groceries or that's so bougie. But now it's like, okay, if I can save two hours of my time going to the freaking grocery store mm-hmm. that I hate going to, then I'm going to do it. And especially now it's sort of like, you really have to like gear up to go to the grocery store. You know, it's like, yeah, fine, like all of this stuff. Yeah, so. Reusable bags. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, so like, I, I completely agree with outsourcing. So what do you think then, what's your like first step to scaling your business? So you started like being able to outsource and all that stuff. So for someone that's like, okay, I'm ready to scale. What do you think is the first step? Yeah. Um, I really do think that was my first step for me was, um, outsourcing those small tasks, which again, goes back to like, you think I, I mean, I can write a blog post, right? Like it's not that hard, but I didn't enjoy it. And so it's really evaluating like what on your to-do list keeps falling to the bottom or next week or the, you know, the following week. And then you're like, Oh, it's a month later. And I still haven't done that. Um, so I really think outsourcing, like you said, what is not in your genius zone? Um, and for me also it was, so last year I kind of took a plunge as well and hired, um, somebody part-time so that they could start taking on clients of their own. Um, and that was just really great because she like works all the weddings with me, but then it was so great to have someone even just to pass off like small tasks to that. I was like, Hey, I really need help with this project. Even though it was my client, I was like, Hey, I need help with some research for this or design help. Um, and so I think pulling someone into like projects that you can become more efficient at and they can help you. And it's like having another mind on your team, um, was so helpful. And then, you know, when I got inquiries from clients who maybe I was already booked or they had like a slightly lower budget, um, I could still, you know, scale my business by, having them hire us, but my, um, associate would take them on. And so I think even if it's hiring someone, you know, like super part-time, like contracted work and it'll slowly help to scale your business that way too. Are you ready to finally have a website you're proud of a website that showcases your services, attracts your ideal clients and allows you to finally charge what you're worth. Our show it website templates are plug and play completely customizable and designed strategically for coaches and wellness businesses to make an impact online. And when I say completely customizable, I mean it. Fonts, colors, logo, photos, literally everything can be changed to fit your brand and vision. With a video library full of step-by-step videos, you can have your website up and running before you know it and can ditch the one you currently have. Head to currentdesignstudio.com to shop your brand new website and use code DESIGN15 for almost $90 off. Yeah, because if you think about it, like you you can only take on so much. So if you are ready to scale and you really want to scale, then you need to step into the CEO role. So like my business yeah. coach, I was just talking to this about her um, this week. We had a call and she was like, like for me, I love brand design. So I was like, okay, if someone, if I pass that on, then I'm not going to be able to do it. Where mm-hmm. that's not really the right way to look at it because that's not true. You know, I can still be the creative director and design and like tell my junior designers, like, you know, kind of put them in the the right direction. Um, but I think, you know, kind of like relinquishing that control in order to scale. Another thing too, is hiring like before you're ready, because knowing that you will get the clients. Like if you're hiring someone for 10 hours a month, like that's a lot of extra hours. That's like three hours extra a week that you're Mm going to have to do something else. So, and that something else is going to be prospecting clients. So Mm -hmm. it's like, you're going to make up for that like tenfold just by, you know, giving up those hours. Yeah. Because, you know, when we would get inquiries and I was like, oh man, I'm booked already. But like this, you know, I'm like, oh, this sounds so amazing. I wish I had another one of me to take this on. 
you know, when you hire before you're ready, it's like, okay, you have this person, like you can spend the time training that person and creating systems and workflows so that when you do get really busy, that person is ready to go and they can step into a more full-time role. Um, and you're not, you know, spending that time training them when you are really busy because then, you know, your clients are going to be taken care of as, as best as they can, because you didn't spend the time that you had that was available to train them. So that was really helpful for me is like, I brought her on, you know, I was like, it was really nerve wracking, but I was like, I know that we're getting lots of other inquiries that I've missed out on because I didn't have someone trained up in that role. And so yeah. even you know, and being clear with them, like saying like, this isn't a full-time role. Like, you know, she still had another job while she was working for me. Um, but she had another job that was flexible because she really wanted to make this her priority and help grow this position into more of a full-time role. Yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly, you know, what I did with, um, like the designers that are on my team. I was like, listen, you know, this is how many hours I can do right now, but if this works out the way that I'm envisioning it, then it will turn into way, way more than eventually a full-time position. Yeah, so for sure. It's, I mean, it's all a cycle, but kind of like getting started before you're ready. Like we said, right in the beginning of this, of the episode. Yeah. And I think, I mean, for me, I think most people, you'll actually be really surprised that you're like, oh, I actually can afford to pay this person. Because I think when you pay somebody else to do something, like I said, it frees you up to work on other things that can generate more revenue in your business. And that's what I've found for me, that it just like opened more doors and opportunities and allowed me to say yes to other things that I probably wouldn't have been able to say yes to before because I didn't have the bandwidth to do it. So I, I really encourage people to just, you know, take a step out and, and go for it and try it. And I think one of the beautiful things about having someone who's a contracted worker, like you're not locked into paying them, you know, right. X amount of money per year. So it's like, if you have the work, you know, pass it off and pay those people to help you grow your business. And if you don't like, you know, scale back on their hours a little bit until you do have that. Right. And if you think about it, this is how my business coach like put it into perspective for me. Like if you pay someone $2,000 now until the end of the year, that's six months. So that's $12,000. You're going to make $12,000 in the next yeah. month, probably yeah. five or six times that. So mm -hmm. it's like, if you put it into that perspective and think about it, like when she put it into that perspective for me, I was like, oh, obviously like that's so true like two thousand dollars seems like a lot but then yeah. when you put it like that it's like oh yeah I'm definitely gonna make twelve thousand dollars so mm -hmm. that's a no-brainer yeah for sure yeah I love that that's great it's I mean outsourcing is like something I can talk about so you mentioned <laughs> something about systems um are there any yeah. like, systems or like softwares that you use to to like manage clients like Dubsado or Asana or ClickUp or whatever? Yeah, for sure. I, so I just have a blog post recently on this on my website. Um, I actually have a lot of different platforms and systems I use, mm -hmm. um, but some of the main ones that really keep my like company running. So I use HoneyBook, oh, yeah. um, which is a project management system. And so that's where all of my inquiries come through. Um, that's where I send out like proposals, contracts, invoices. Um, and so that really keeps me organized with like new clients, you know, consultation calls I'm having, projects that I'm currently working on, um, which is really amazing. And I, it's so easy because there's so many different templates within that to send like brochures and proposals and questionnaires to clients. Um, and then for some of my like larger wedding planning clients, I use another one called the Isle Planner. Uh -huh. um, and that's like an all-encompassing wedding planning system um, for clients, which is really great. Um, some other, I'm trying to think other platforms I use. Uh, I use Planoly for Instagram mm -hmm. and planning content for the month. And, oh, I also, this is one of my favorite ones that I switched over to. So I used MailChimp for a really long time. Yeah. And I, I didn't like it at all. And I just didn't think it was like, it fit my brand and it didn't feel like me. And so 
um, I actually switched over to a platform called Flowdesk. Yeah. And Flowdesk. yeah, it's just like, they've really, they've done such a good job that it's like well curated, beautifully designed. Um, and I feel like I've been able to do more email marketing. And so I've been able to like, you know, create free downloads and I send out more emails just because it feels so on brand and like works really well for me. So that's been a really good platform that I use a lot. Yeah. I have something to say about MailChimp. I can't yeah. stand MailChimp. I make all of my <laughs> clients transfer from MailChimp. I recommend ConvertKit, but that's just because that's what oh, yeah. I use. So that's like mm -hmm. what I know, but I have heard good things about Flowdesk as well. Um, yeah. but something that like you need to have in an email marketing software is, um, like the ability to segment and tag and make groups and MailChimp yep. makes that so hard. Like if you are not like well-versed in email marketing, then, which is like most people, uh, that's not their genius zone. Right. Um, so they just make it so difficult to like set up automations and to, you know, make downloads and all this stuff. So anyone listening that's using MailChimp, I understand <laughs> that it's free, um, but I highly recommend investing in something that is yeah. easier, more intuitive, and just like overall better for your sanity. Yeah. I got into Flowdesk when they like first launched. So I got it, I think for like $19 a month or something, but I, it's hands down so good just because I have like free downloads and I find that people are subscribing all the time. Like they're still finding those and it's just, it's been so much easier, like the workflows that they have. And it just feels kind of like a drag and drop email. Like they already have the templates curated for like any sort of email campaign that you need. And it's just like, you brand it for your, you know, you put in your brand colors, like your photos, and it just feels like beautifully done. And yeah. it's so easy to do. Yeah, I love that. Um, I completely agree. And that's the thing, like MailChimp is not intuitive at all. Like I have trouble mm -hmm. with MailChimp. Like I used to run like pre-entrepreneur, I used to manage um, like email marketing lists of like 50 to 100,000 people. Um, yeah. And we use like con constant contact and all this stuff. And literally MailChimp is so difficult for me to use. So I think like if I can't, yeah. if I'm not well versed <laughs> in it, then my clients definitely aren't going to be. And like my whole thing is like setting my clients up for success so that they don't need me for everything. So yep. I'm always like, I'm sorry, but you need to switch. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, for me, I was doing MailChimp obviously because it was free, but yeah. I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to invest in email marketing because it's all any like successful entrepreneur talks about like owning your own list. And I was like, I'm just going to spend the money to actually you know, and invest in a platform that makes it easy. I think they even had like a 30 day trial. So I like got to test it out and I didn't have a huge list. So I was like, I'm going to, you know, transition all of this before it becomes a complicated mess because yeah. I don't have that many people on my list. And again, it goes back to like the investing in things, even before you think you're ready and you're like, I can't take on another monthly subscription. It's really just been a part of my business. And it's sort of like a non-negotiable now to like have a really solid email marketing platform. Yeah, I think so too. Do you find that you get leads from emails? Um, not as often. I feel like because so many of my clients are like one-time clients, except for photography, um, like it's been helpful sending out, I feel like people still say stay subscribed, which is great. So like new offerings that I have, or even just like reminding past clients to like remind their friends and family about services that I offer has been so great. Yeah. But I think what's really helped like leads for, <clears throat> excuse me, leads for me has been creating free content for people to download. Um, because I have people subscribe to, you know, I, I have like a wedding checklist or, um, like tips on like how to get started planning your wedding. And I have people subscribe to that all the time that aren't necessarily a client of mine yet, but hopefully if I keep, you know, emailing them, they'll hire me for a service. Yeah, for sure. So that's like really important for everyone listening, like creating an opt-in specifically for a service. So 
um, you know, knowing like, okay, this opt-in is specifically for the ideal client for XYZ service. Um, yep. because once they opt in, then you can continue to push content for them. Mm-hmm. And what everyone yeah. says about email marketing is like, you know, when you post an Instagram post, you're kind of just hoping that the right person sees it. Whereas, um, like with email, it's like, okay, if they already opted in, they already care a little bit about what I have to totally. say, you know, they've, yeah. they've given me, uh, entrance into their sacred space of their inbox. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, you're, they kind of are already interested. So it's more like a warm lead. Yeah. Cause I, so I have, like I said, I have past brides and stuff that have are still on my email list. And last year I did like a email campaign, I think before like the holidays where I was offering like one hour family sessions for like a discounted price for like holiday cards, you know, if it was like last minute. And I think I had like one or two past brides book me for those family sessions. And so it was like, you know, they didn't need any wedding content, but they were still staying subscribed and supporting my business. And I sold them on another service that I had. So it's like, keep, you know, and being consistent with sending those emails. So you're still like fresh in their mind because although our clients are the best, you know, to spread the word and be like our referrals, I think they sometimes forget about us. So when we can like refresh their memory and they're like, Oh yeah, I had an amazing wedding planner. Like I forgot to tell my best friend about her, Yeah, you know? So it's like, it's not that they were like, Oh, I didn't want to share your information. They just sometimes forget. Like we're not always top of mind for other people. Like we think we might be. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And like referrals are huge. Like my business, um, you know, or anyone really who has a higher, ticket offer. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, referrals is going to be a huge way that you create, um, or generate new income and like get new leads. And for me, that's like 75% of my business. Um, I also have a referral program for clients that I just implemented last month. Um, because it's like they're, you know, they'll reach people that I never would. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love That's that. That's great. That's a great idea. Yeah. Um, okay. So last like little topic that I want to discuss is identifying your ideal client. So you have like a few different, you know, service offerings and like they could be, you know, a variety. So I want to talk about how like who you're typically working with and how you identified, you know, your ideal client, even though you kind of have a variety of offerings. Yeah, for sure. So I would say with my, the wedding planning side of the business, um, that's really evolved over the years. And so I had taken lots of courses on, you know, finding your ideal client and kind of dreaming them up, which I really do think helps. It's sort of like, you know, you give her a name or him a name. Um, you know, you write what they like, what they don't like, you know, where they shop, what they love to do. Um, how old they are, like how they like to dress, all of this kind of stuff, right? Like you kind of create like this ideal person that you want to work with. And um, I think that really kind of helped me to picture like what kind of clients I wanted to work with and also having the experience of working with different clients in the beginning and especially kind of taking on like whatever was coming my way. I learned quickly like what I love to do and what I didn't love to do. And so my ideal client has really become um, you know, couples that are somewhat non-traditional and really want to have like an epic celebration and party. So they're not like all into these like, you know, traditions and, you know, following every wedding planning thing to the T. Um, like I definitely know I don't love working in ballrooms or like country clubs, anything like that. It's like too stuffy for me. And so a lot of times when I get inquiries and clients are like, we're really, you know, we don't want to do all the traditional wedding things. We really kind of want to do things differently. I like jump at that because I'm, I love it and they want to be creative and, you know, they want to hire people to help them produce this really amazing experience for their guests. And for me, that's what it kind of came down to. Like I wanted to help people create these wonderful, amazing experiences where I didn't feel like a stuffy, boring, traditional wedding. 
Um, and so that's kind of how I found my client. It was like, where do I, where does like joy spark in me and working with certain clients? Um, and then, you know, find, finding those people and really speaking to those people. Cause like, I don't want to post photos of me working at a country club if that's not where I want to be working. Um, so it was like sharing those colorful, vibrant, epic celebrations that I was doing and really putting that content out there, even though I've done like ballroom weddings, you know, I don't really yeah. want to share that content cause that's not my ideal client. Right. So how do you think that, like, do you get inquiries from people that aren't your ideal client? And then how do you manage that if you're like, okay, I don't want to work with them? Yeah, I definitely do. I feel like it's not as often. Um, there's still some clients that they're not like fully fitting into the ideal client stage. Mm -hmm. Um, but there's still like, once I have a con, I still like do a consultation call, you know, kind of feel everything out. And for me too, like if they're not uptight and like a type A personality and we just really vibe well in the consultation and they're willing to pay like my prices as well, I'll take them on because I'm like, you know, this is easy work for me. They're like, we really do want to have just like a good celebration. And sometimes it might not be the ideal venue, but I take it on for, you know, to have them more clients or I'll pass it off to my associate. Mm -hmm. um, but clients that really aren't an ideal fit, truthfully, I feel like we'll do a consultation call and I kind of know and they know and it just yeah. it doesn't ever seem to work out. And sometimes those ideal clients aren't even, they can't afford me. And so... I've had calls with a lot of people where I'm like, you know, it was went really well, but we just kind of knew at the end, I was like, I can't make this wedding work for you for the low budget that you have. Yeah. And I think for those people, I'm also not afraid to tell them like, Hey, I, you know, like we're booked or, um, I don't think we're an ideal fit here. Are some other planners for you as well. So yeah, I think as I, as the business has grown, I've been okay turning down people that don't fit me well. And I've also just really lucked out of like, we've mutually parted ways because we both knew it wasn't a fit. Yeah. And I think there's something, something to be said of, um, um, like there's something to be said about, you know, opening up for like, hell yes, clients, like you deserve to have hell yes, clients, like clients who, pay you 100%. what you're worth, who, you know, are so excited to work with you, who show up to phone calls, provide you all the content that you need. Like you, everyone deserves to have those clients when you're owning your own business. Like you don't need mm -hmm. to put up with bullshit if you are the one who gets to decide everything. So yeah. like, that's something really like that you have to remember. And like, that was really hard for me to remember in the beginning when I really like was pivoting from working with all creatives to just creative, mm -hmm. just people in the wellness space. Um, yeah. where I was like, had kind of that like FOMO, like, is this too, um, like narrow? Like, am I going to be missing out on a business, all this stuff? But my like passion is truly, truly in working in the wellness space. And I'm just so much happier working with those types of people that I just didn't, don't really care anymore where I'm like, I'm sorry, but I only work with people in the wellness space. Um, but I don't yeah, even, and I, I'm at a, I'm at a point where I'm established enough where people, I don't even get inquiries anymore from people who aren't. Yeah. And I think like, yeah, you've made that so well known with your brand and like, I, it is far and few between that. I get like a ballroom or like a country club wedding because I'm yeah. not putting that content out there, you know? So like, right. I really do feel that like, if you are putting out, I know it's kind of like woo woo, but like this vibe and this, like what you really want and like who you want to work with, like those people are going to find you because that's the kind of content they're seeking out. And so once they find it, they'll like, they'll seek you out as well. Right. And think about it too. Like if you take on someone who's not an ideal client, then you don't use it as a portfolio, then they're also not going to give you, they're not going to refer you. So it's like, yeah. it's kind of a dead end. Whereas like, if you are working with ideal clients and people that are in your niche and like people that actually are excited about, they're going to attract all their friends and their circle and then, you know, so on and so forth. Totally.
Yeah, for sure. And then I think with my photography clients, that's kind of, I've been trying to like figure that out over the years um, because it's been more just like whoever kind of like reaches out. And that was mostly like with friends and like friends of friends. And so that was more like really like word of mouth. Um, I've now been marketing a little bit more, I guess before COVID happened um, towards businesses and like people that I knew in the industry to help them like brand, get like brand photography. Um, but now as I'm kind of like transitioning a little bit to like sell prints, it's looked a little different as well, but I still kind of keep my photography, like mostly word of mouth referrals. So it's kind of people that I like know, or like know through a friend, um, to kind of keep that business side of it. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's like important to know too, is like, you know, your business shifts and things Mm -hmm and you will grow and you know your business will pivot and that's okay because that's part of entrepreneurship like if it was always going to be stable then you know you should stay in your nine to five because it's just you're always going to change your mind yep and I think too like it's okay to change your ideal client you know when I first started it, it looked a little different and I just really gotten to know again like my brand and who I am and what I really enjoy and who I enjoy working with. And I've taken on clients in the past where I was like, this person's going to be great. And then I was like, I can't wait to be done with this wedding because they were uptight or like they had family members that were really uptight. You know, it's just like, sometimes you try it out and it's a miss, but you learn a lot from those experiences and you really get to narrow in on who your ideal client is and that's okay if it changes over the years. Yeah. And you definitely learn more from failures than not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Unfortunately, but it's yeah. just the truth. <laughs> mm-hmm. For sure. Um, okay. Awesome. This is so great. This is like such a good inspirational conversation. So do you have anything else that you'd like to add just about like entrepreneurship or just, you know, things in general that could inspire our listeners? Yeah, I well, thanks so much for having me. I really like love having these conversations. And every time I have them with people, it just like lights me up. And I'm like, yeah. oh, I have way more to say than I thought I did. <laughs> yeah, I love um, but I think for entrepreneurs, like, honestly, you know, if it is something you're passionate about it, like really passionate about, like work hard. And I think a big thing for me was connecting with other people. Like don't, don't put yourself up as like everyone is your competition, um, you know, in your own industry, like make friends with those people in your industry. I've joined a lot of like local networking, small business, wedding industry things. And I'm friends with a lot of other wedding planners. And it's been so wonderful because we are sort of each other's coworkers, right? Because we all work independently. And I just think really like building a community of entrepreneurs around you is going to help you succeed because those are the people you can bounce ideas off of. You can ask advice. Um, and kind of, I had someone that lived here. She moved a couple months ago, but like we would, you know, tell all our stories to like the good and the bad. And it was just so good to have that person as an outlet. Um, And so I think really like, you know, don't see everyone as competition, see them as community, because I really do think there's, you know, enough work for everyone and there's enough seats at the table. So, um, it really just helps you grow in your business and go further. Yeah, I completely agree. Like you can't do this alone. So you might as well find a companion that can relate. Exactly. Especially like, you know, your friends and like your boyfriend and your spouse and your girlfriend or whatever, like there's only so much that they can hear and relate to. Like if you have a community of other entrepreneurs, like in the photography space, in the planning space, like in the design space, wherever you are, like you can relate to that. um, Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think when I was like in some really low points and started my business, I felt like my closest friends just didn't get it and they were encouraging, but I was like, this is hard stuff, but yeah. they didn't know that because they had like corporate jobs. Right. Yeah. So finding that community for me was so necessary to just be like, Oh, other people do experience the same thing I'm feeling. Yeah. And, like, this is and normal. Like, yeah. yeah. 
for sure. Yeah, for sure. I totally agree. Um, okay. Amazing. This was so awesome. Um, and it was so great to have you. So how can we, um, reach you and get in touch and follow you and all the good stuff? For sure. So, um, I'm most active on Instagram at feathered arrow events. Um, and then my website, you can find me at featheredarrowevents.com and I'm on Pinterest at feathered arrow events. And yeah, those are kind of the three, three main platforms. Awesome. And when is your print shop opening? So hopefully sometime in August, I'm actually creating like a new website. So um, kind of going through that whole process, but hopefully it'll be up in August, but, um, I'm posting updates on my Instagram too. So if you follow me there, you can stay in the know. Okay. Awesome. Um, this is great. Thank you so much for You're welcome. Thanks for having me. This was such a good conversation. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I will talk to you soon. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thanks. You too.